Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by the founder of a a really cool company that I have come to know and love called Time Jam. And uh, he's a former agency owner, now turned SaaS founder. And he's here today to talk about all things timesheet compliance and all of, of course, the challenges and some innovative solutions to try and get your team actually putting the time into the system so that you can measure things that are important. Uh, We don't need to beat that horse to death because we have already. But with all of that, Carson Rasmussen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here because, um, you know, we spend so much time talking about the importance of time tracking and all the great things that you can do with time tracking data. But the challenge that we see time and time again with our clients is getting their team to actually put the time into the system. It's all fine and dandy if we go and design the amazing, perfect system, but without the time coming in, it's all kind of for nothing. It's it's the first order priority, but it is a challenge for a lot of our listeners. So I'm excited for you to be here and, and talk about it. Um, before we get into all of that, I want to give you an opportunity in your own words to describe what it is that you're doing today at Time Jam. Yeah. So what we do at Time Jam is to actually make it fun to track time. So it's not a time tracking solution, but it's a motivational system where we actually help people in the creative and marketing industry to get their act together and open up their time tracking app and put in their hours and have a good feeling about it uh, and wanting to do it the next day as well, uh, basically. So uh, yeah, that that's the short version. Um, yes. And what I love most about the approach that you've taken is, like, I think we've seen, this is part of the reason why, in my opinion, the time tracking space is maybe, time tracking and project management are two of the industries in SaaS that are so ripe for a private equity roll-up, time tracking especially. Like, somebody needs to, it's becoming a problem. Somebody start a private equity firm and start buying time tracking companies because there's too many of them. And I think the reason there's so many of them, and you and I chatted about this the first time we met, was like, they all build a time tracking tool just to add one feature that nobody else has. You didn't do that. You just built the feature and integrated with the existing tools, which I think is a better approach uh, to solving this problem. Because it's like, we don't have to switch the whole tool. We just need, you know, this... You know, and and this is not to reduce your app to being another feature, but like it it addressed a problem that was fundamental and didn't require completely reinventing the wheel as it relates to time tracking. Because like that, I think is is pretty it's already being done well, but it's this other stuff around the laying the groundwork of the first of all, the philosophy and the purpose and the understanding of time tracking, which I think we'll spend some time talking about, and then actually looking at the the process behind how this gets done and making sure that it, you're making it easy and frictionless for the team to do it. So I love that you took that approach and you didn't just build a whole new time tracking tool as a way to solve this problem. You just solved that problem and bolted it onto what was already there. So I think that was smart. And uh, I get a lot of requests about what, why can't we uh, track time in Time Jam? And I'm saying, hey, That's a crowded space. There are so many great applications out there. Go choose one Uh, uh, because uh, 
you know, they, they are doing a fantastic job uh, and it's, it's really a red ocean when it comes to the, the competition. Uh, we want, with TimeChain, we want to do something uh, different. We, we want to work with habits, building up team spirit, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, our platform is really Slack and Microsoft Teams and being able to leverage, you know, the, the behavior on these platforms to the advantage of, of the company. Um. Carson, let's talk a little bit more acutely about time tracking compliance and the challenges that people experience with timesheet compliance. I don't think we have to spend too much time on why it's important. Obviously, if you're trying to use time tracking data to do reporting and you don't have it because it's not making its way into the time tracking tool, it's clearly a problem and one that a lot of people struggle with. Um, let's talk a little bit about why that is a challenge, because I think there are different layers to this. Some of them are tactical and some of them are more strategic. What are some of the things that you see people struggling with when it comes to getting compliance from their team on timesheets? Well, I see uh, a number of problems, as you also uh, allude to, because uh, first of all, uh, for example, uh, Time Jam is very heavily targeted towards the creative industry where you have creative professionals uh, that can, you know, do amazing stuff. And then, uh, then you need to uh, get them to stick their head into an Excel sheet, basically, and put in uh, some numbers on a daily basis. And, and there are different approaches to this. Um, you can make it very complicated. Uh, you can, you know, have this uh, long list of 57 different kind of types of, uh, you know, categories that they need to select uh, between. And I think then basically you don't understand the people that you have in your team and, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, but I think from a professional services perspective, it's very important to understand that that uh, what what you are the, the competition you are in is really the, the the battle for the best talent, and and trying to to uh, to put that type of creative problem solvers into uh, some kind of factory mindset, uh, uh, I think that that's you know on a very high level a, a problem. Uh, another problem that I see is that a lot of these companies work in the digital uh, domain, right? And they help companies, uh, their customers, with building e-commerce sites, for example. And they can spend a lot of time working with their clients trying to say, hey, you shouldn't put a red collar on the buy button, right? Uh, because then people won't hit that button. And then they, on the inside of the company, they introduce, you know, these horrible time tracking systems that are like uh, built in the 90s. And then they don't understand why people are not using them. Uh, I don't, you know, I hope I make sense here. I, I just heard about a, a local company that was acquired uh, uh, one or two years ago uh, and becoming part of a conglomerate of agencies. And they were forced to use a Salesforce for time tracking. And I'm like, if you know some of the time tracking solutions out there, how beautiful and easy to use and intuitive they are, then imagine that now suddenly you need to, uh, to fire up Salesforce uh, at the end of the day to put in your time. So I think, as you mentioned, there are a number of issues with this. And I think uh, it's, it's very easy to sit in, uh, in the finance department and, and design the optimal um, uh, time tracking uh, uh, process and uh, how it should run and what we should use the data for. But I think it's also important to have your team in mind. 
And that's what we actually try to achieve with uh, Time Jam as well. Try to, to have this say, hey, if I, were, if I was working in a, a leading marketing agency and was the chief creative, what would get me to track time, you know? Mm. Yeah, so and I want to double click on some of the things that you said because, you know, I think that um, too many companies will jump to the tactical solutions to try and increase timesheet compliance without understanding or addressing the more fundamental issues that I think you've surfaced. And it's kind of like trying to optimize a blog post for SEO when the blog post sucks. Like the blog post is not good or interesting. So you could spend all the time that you want trying to optimize the keywords, but like if the content isn't good, you're not going to get the reach. And similarly, I think you surfaced a couple of really important things, which is like, is the tool that's being used like easy to use and, you know, frictionless and clear and intuitive. The data schema, this is something that gets overlooked so many times. And so to your point, like if you're cut, if you're employee has to decide between 57 different task categories when they log a time entry, the friction is too high. If you even only have five, but it's not crystal clear what the difference between them is, right? So we see this all the time where it's like you have a bunch of different buckets and one of them is like creative direction. Another one is like creative leadership or like, it's just like, well, what's the difference between those things? First of all, like you're not going to have a consistent understanding across the team. And it's like that little bit of uncertainty adds the amount of friction that compounds at scale into a dramatically lower amount of timesheet compliance. So every little bit of complexity, every little bit of friction, every little bit of clarity, like loss that you introduce to a time tracking system will have an exponential effect and will compound to decreasing your timesheet compliance, no matter how many great you know, compliance strategies and cadences and meetings and tools you layer on top of it, that is the first level principle. And then the second piece of that, to your point, is the understanding, right? Does the team actually understand why you're tracking time? Are they involved in the conversations that happen around that time tracking data? That is, to me, the most powerful way to like set a solid foundation. Because without that, um, then the team doesn't, to them, they're just like filling out a timesheet and they're going to come up with their own story about why you're tracking it. And it's not going to be a flattering story most of the time, right? They probably will not give you the benefit of the doubt on that. But if you sit down with them every week or every two weeks and look at a report and say, hey, it looks like this happened on this client and this happened on this client. Let's talk about it. Let's learn from it. Hey, it looks like we didn't scope this well. We're really sorry about that. What can we learn next time to scope this better? Now, all of a sudden, they'll go, oh, this is how the data is being used. This is why it's important for me to put it in. And this is why it's important for it to be accurate. So that's like, you know, without even thinking about the tactics of compliance, those are the fundamentals. Once you have those things addressed, then it's about sitting on the same side of the table to your point as the team and saying, we all agree that this is important. We all agree that we're doing this for the right reasons. How can we help you do this? How can we make it easier for you, more fun for you, less of a drag? Let's talk about some of the psychological and like socio dynamics that exist around this. Cause I think you've spent a lot of time, you know, really experimenting with this, doing research around this. And it's informed a lot of the stuff around time jam. What are some of the principles when it comes to building the habit, assuming that your team is over the hump on like they're bought in, they understand, they, they know that this is important. Now it's just about getting out of their own way. Yeah. I, I think you are actually uh, already mentioning one of the most important uh, aspect of this because you know, if you require your team to lock their hours on a daily basis to get the most uh, accurate data, 
then you know this whole um, understanding of how the data is used and how it actually is impacting the work we are doing for customers or our uh, billable rate at the end of the month and, and the invoices, that has to come within a short span of time. And I think that is one also of the, the design principles that we have in TimeJam because I, I talked to one customer and they had as a part of their bonus scheme that on a yearly basis that you had to be a good time tracker in order to participate uh, in the yearly bonus. Uh, but it didn't work because you're asking me to do something, a small task on a daily basis, and the reward is far away in time and in space. And you know, that's not how we work as humans. When we talk about habits and having great habits that, that just works on a daily basis. So the, the whole concept of saying, hey, I'm doing something today, I'm trying to be better today, and then we have a dialogue about that in two weeks or on a monthly basis about see how this is impacting our performance uh, as a team or on a business level. Then, you know, I will try to be even better the next day or the next week and so on. So I think when, when we talk about, you know, uh, sharing, you know, how these data are used, just doing on a, on a yearly review and so on, that doesn't work. It has to be much more uh, within a shorter time span. And, uh, and that's also, you know, for example, in, in Time Jam, that we are saying, hey, you, you get like a, a, a result on a weekly basis, and then every month there's a team winning, right? And then, then uh, we, we clear the score, and then you start over. And, and then it's, it's just like, you know, this daily activity uh, becomes very closely related to that I see some impact of what I'm doing. And the same goes on, on, the, on the business side. If you somehow can, can build it into you know, the, the, the reporting back to the team and the communication and how you run your projects and so on, I think everybody will start to, to do a better job when it comes to time tracking because they can see, hey, we are actually going to report this number. These, these 15 hours that you put into this project, it's going to be part of the report to the customer. So it has to be accurate. And I, I might come back to you and, and understand the numbers better. Uh, so I think these, these parts are, are very important in, in building a, a strong process. And it creates an ownership, right? And, and, uh, and you know, from a, the way I, I view uh, consultants and people working in, in this industry is really that they are very self-driven, self-motivated. We ask them to, to, to do the work for the clients and be creative and so on. So, so, so uh, you know, building up that responsibility and, and ownership of this part as well, I think that is, uh, that is really important. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Hmm. 
Yeah, you, you mentioned some important things here, and, and I want to you know add a few thoughts uh, from our experience you know, helping lots and lots of clients design and implement time tracking solutions that I think play into that as well. So, you know, you mentioned it, it's about creating feedback loops, and I think that that's you know it's really key, and ideally that's done through actually involving the team in the conversations that are happening around. And I, I think there's a bunch of ways, like another way to frame this is like, what can you do to mess this up? Basically, what can you do to like create resentment, like a, a, a sentiment of resentment towards timesheets among your team? The first easiest way to do that is to start um, disciplining people for going over budget on projects for, you know, like using the timesheets as a weapon to say, hey, you only logged 30 hours last week or hey, you went over budget on this project. Anytime you're using the word you in a sentence related to timesheets, you're probably like dismantling, you're pulling out the Jenga block that topples the whole tower over on all of the work you've done to try and increase compliance. That should never be the purpose and never be the conversation around time tracking data. It's more a question of, hey, I noticed that it took longer than we expected <laughs> to do this thing. What can we learn from that? Same question, very different positioning a very different um, mindset as it relates to the time tracking data. So like, do not uh, use this to discipline people. If people are coming in under budget, that's an insight. Hopefully they're being more efficient, right? It's not their fault that they did it faster than you expected. It's not their fault that you didn't give them enough work to do. And I think a lot of these bad habits come from, you know, a, a, an era in agency that's thankfully dying, a, a painful death, which is the day of the billable hour and the utilization target. And it's your job as an employee to be hitting your utilization target. Today, I think we understand that that doesn't make any sense. It's not your employee's job to hit their utilization target. It's your job to give them enough work to do <laughs> to hit their utilization target. So like changing the narrative, changing the mindset around that. And then there's other, I think, great tools that are worth mentioning. Um, you know, there's lots of tools now, time tracking tools that have calendar integrations, that have integrations with resource planning software, that have device monitoring. Um, for example, Timely is one that does device monitoring, calendar integrations, and can help augment a timesheet, help like give your team some insight into, hey, here's what you did today. Here's the meetings that you had. Here's the emails that you sent. Here's the projects that you worked on inside of Asana. Um, there's a great integration with Harvest called TimeBro, right? All things that you could use in conjunction with TimeJam. So when your team shows up to fill in their timesheets, 80% of the work is done for them already. So there's lots of tactics that you can do to help fill this in. But again, back to first principles, the way you talk about timesheets is important. And then lastly, I'll add that I think clarity on all the things that maybe you haven't thought about. So it's like, what's your expectation around rounding? You know, do you want people to track to the minute, to the 15 minute, to the 30 minute increment? Is that different for one role or another? What about your account managers that spend five minutes on, you know, a random task and they're hopping around to a bazillion things all day, right? The expectations might be different for them. Is it written down? Do you have clear documentation? Do you have clear SOPs on how to set up and track time and projects? Do you have clear definitions for each of the different task categories? Like the more clarity you can create and then the more assistance you can provide, the easier all of this stuff will get. But the conversation you have around the timesheets to me is like one of the biggest things that will help either continue this trend or really diminish again, undermining all of the fancy things that you can do around compliance going forward. So my two cents to layer on top of this, uh, and hopefully turn this into like a video that I send to a lot of our clients when they're like, I can't get my team to track time. This will be the thing that I send to them. Yeah. Well, the way I see it, uh, I love data. 
And I love to look at the data and understand how my business is running. And if, you, uh, if you're running an agency, the best data you have to, to run an efficient agency is your time tracking data. But if your approach, as you are mentioning, uh, and how you, um, how you frame this towards your team is wrong, then you get really bad data into your system. And then it's really hard to run an efficient business. If you uh, do, as you mentioned in, in some of your examples, uh, you know, force people to put in or prettify that data, so to speak, uh, not put in the, the, the single truth or the whole truth, uh, because then it will hit them uh, back in some way, then you get bad data. And then you cannot rely running your business on this. So I think it's very important to build trust into that process. And I think uh, as a manager, you need to decide to what level you want to monitor your people and be like a boss towards them. Or if you want really good data, trustworthy data from uh, your team that you can make business decisions on when it comes to, okay, next time we are selling this project, we need to add more hours because we cannot do it in 120 hours. But you cannot make that decision if you don't get the, the full amount of hours actually spent on the job. And people are just, you know, I've been in a lot of organizations where people have been very loyal to the company. So they just put in too few hours because they knew that if we went back to the client, uh, with uh, too many hours, you know, it would form a bad relationship. Uh, but I think that's a dangerous path, right? Because then if you're going to sell a similar project, you'll just repeat the error. Uh, so a better way is, and it's like having, uh, you're using Google Analytics. We are all using that today. And imagine that, hey, I, I don't appreciate what I'm seeing in Google Analytics. Let's put in some kind of multiplier so it fits with what I want to see. But then you cannot use it, right? So, so, so I think as a, as a manager, you need to decide, do I want the raw truth uh, from the team? And, uh, and then, of course, we can have a process where we find out when to expose that to clients or not uh, in our reporting. And maybe we need to write something off. But I think that's a much healthier process because then you'll understand where you are doing well and uh, where you are doing not so well and where you need to improve as a business. And you need data for that. It, this reminds me of a thing, a saying that we have at Parakeeto, we say it all the time, which is that the data can only tell you what the data is, but it can never tell you why the data is. Only conversations around the data can do that. And you need, you need both, right, to your point. And I think when we start to try to push our data to become the inference of reality, that's when we start to get led down the wrong path. We get led into unnecessary complexity. We get led into these dynamics where we start to shift the incentive structure around the data because we're trying to infer too much from it. And it leads to, you know, the, this oil in the well, so to speak. So I think we've covered so many of the important principles. I want to just summarize, I think, some of the big ideas that I took away from today's episode. The first one being about think about the structure of your time tracking and don't conflate precision with accuracy, right? Being more precise does not mean that you're being more accurate. Often the precision comes at the cost of accuracy. Getting the time in is the first principle, then making it more detailed is the second one. 
The next thing is about the philosophy and the strategy behind this and making sure your team is bought in. Then we get to tools and tactics, and this is picking the right time tracking tool that's beautiful and intuitive, adding in things like time jam and and calendar integrations and other things to try and remove the friction, which is really um, going to lubricate things once you've covered those first two bases. And then on an ongoing basis, I think this principle of having the right conversations around the data going forward so you're not poisoning the incentive structures. And I think if you cover those four things well, you shouldn't have problems with timesheet compliance. And hopefully it gets to a place where it's something that everybody really values because they're getting the value out of it as a team because you're using that data in the right place. So with that, Carson, for everyone that's listened and got some value and they want to learn more about you and what you're doing at Time Jam, where should we send them in the show notes? You should definitely go to uh, timejam.app and uh, there you can learn more about our product. And if you want to juice up your time tracking process, we have a fun app that works on Slack and Teams. But uh, yeah, check it out yourself and uh, and then you can book me for a demo call and I'm always happy to to discuss this this is a, something that uh, is a great passion for me uh, believe it or not so uh, so uh, yeah thank you Awesome. So with that, we'll leave uh, links to Carson's website, Time Jam, his LinkedIn, all that stuff in the show notes. Make sure to scroll down and check that out. And with that, let us know where you're listening to this, what you got from today's episode. Leave us a comment. Reach out to us. We always love to hear from you. And we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.